Welcome to the Broadcasters Roundtable here on Flyers Radio 24-7. Boy, it's a lot easier to do these after a few wins. Unfortunately, Flyers have dropped three of their last four after a loss Monday to Montreal. Philadelphia now with nine games left. They're six points out. Our latest Broadcasters Roundtable, Tim Saunders with Chris Terrian. Steve Coates, Jim Jackson, and Bill Meltzer. We'll probably do one more of these guys before the end of the season, so I, I'm hoping to avoid this becoming a post-mortem. But after a loss Monday to Montreal, Bundy, that's kind of how it feels, doesn't it? It does, and, and I know the numbers the same as it was before going into the Montreal game, six points back of Columbus, but then you get Carolina beats Pittsburgh in overtime last night, and then uh, uh, Montreal takes a two points, which makes that five and essentially six. So it does. It, it, it is the first time I probably say, you know what, it looks like we're on definitely on the downside of, of what was been a great run, and, and that's unfortunate, but those are just the numbers, I think, and, and they're starting to kind of add up against the Flyers at this point. They basically left themselves with no room for error. And you're going to have games like the, the game on, on Monday no, or on Tuesday night because that's just what happens in the 82-game schedule. But when you haven't left yourself any room for error, those games are going to really cost you. And it did. I mean, they just were not sharp. I, I don't know. It could be the flu. They, it just didn't look like the energy was there for some of the guys. And, uh, you know, that game really hurts. So it's tough. But, you know, all they're going to do is look at each game now the rest of the way, try to win it. Uh, some of them are going to be against teams that are in. You can be a spoiler. But you win a couple, two or three in a row, and somebody goes on a losing streak, maybe all of a sudden you're back in it. I mean, I'm not mathematically out of it. You got two with Carolina, so right. you never know. Yeah, those, those head-to-head games are you know, they're critical. But, I mean, you look at these this last stretch of four games. I mean, the one that stands out to me, of course, is the Toronto game. Uh, Washington, you know, just I don't think they were winning that game regardless. But um, you know, and then then last night against Montreal, that was a that was a it was a funny game in that you know they had nothing going offensively. There was no extra bursts. There was no you know. I mean, but I also have to give Montreal some credit because I thought Montreal sure. played a really good game, especially defensively. They didn't give the Flyers a lot of time and space, and I thought the Flyers didn't play an awful game, particularly on their own defensive side of the game. Um, they got some big saves from Carter Hart when, when they had to. But, you know, I mean, they, there is no margin for error. And even even if the Flyers were to run the table, they're going to need some help here, too. So, you know, it's never the situation you want to be in. Um, and it's just, you know, I guess keep plugging away until you're eliminated and, you know, just uh, hope for the best. Very simple to me. I mean, it's been a heck of a run. It's been a heck of a run. When you think of all the different things that have happened to this hockey club, a new general manager, a new assistant general manager, new coaches, and all of a sudden you hit a wall yesterday. And the reason I think it hit yesterday or last night is because of the fact that when you watch what Billy had just said about the fact that collectively this team had nothing yesterday. It wasn't like one or two guys going out. Collectively they had nothing. And the Montreal Canadiens took advantage of it. There was one quality opportunity on Carey Price. I don't think one. I mean, the, we'll get the power play goal, but the bottom line is they had, uh, as a team, it, they hit a wall, and that's 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 what, what the, the final score indicated. You know, the frustrating thing to me, and we were talking about this before we started the podcast, is it just because we see the Flyers so much, or is it, 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 it feels like the Flyers are the only team that can play a game like that in the first couple of periods and have the ability to turn a switch on and suddenly they've got jump. I thought after the Couturier goal, they had a chance to get right back in this and potentially win that game. 
Have you watched any San Jose Sharks games lately? Yeah. Uh, I watched uh, yeah. Calgary as well. Yeah, Calgary's unbelievable in the third period. Yeah, there, there's a lot of teams like San Jose struggle, having their own struggles right now, especially at home. But you're right. There are teams that go through this, and you have to watch other games. The thing is with us, we watch 82 Flyers games, right? right. So we, we pick out a lot more of the poison than the good sometimes because that's just probably human nature as broadcasters and, and analysts of the team. It's easier said than done, but you were in the room. You were, uh, as a player, how do you how do you overcome that, that play lackadaisical at one point of the game and suddenly turn it on? Why can't you start games that I will say this, guys. It's been a common thread no doubt. for the last few years. This yeah. is not like it just happened this year. So that that's something that's got to be addressed. From I, I think a coaching change helps. I think this is a different voice, but I think that comes from your leadership group to have those kind of quality starts that you need to give yourself a chance. You're not going to win every game, but you got to give yourself a chance in the third with a lead or a tie game, not one where you're mired by having to make unbelievable plays to just to try to crawl back into a game. Well, if you think about the the stretch, which nineteen seven and two now. Yeah. Uh, they haven't been a great first-period team even in that. Carter Hart early on in that stretch was making some unbelievable early saves to keep them in a game, either scoreless or at least within one. Um, and then they'd, they'd get it going. They seem to wade into games. It's a hard thing to figure out. You think after you do it three or four times, you know the coaching staff's talking about it. Uh, you know, I would assume that the leadership group's talking about it. Guys, we've got to come out flying, guys. And they look like they're ready, and then it's the same thing. Home, road, doesn't matter. Same kind of thing. To me, it, it's been a little mystifying that they haven't been able to correct it a little bit. And I think that, you know, within there, there was that stretch. I think it was about four games in a row. They had multiple, oh, first periods. So it wasn't the entire wasn't Yeah, the but, entire but even in those, Bill, there, there was the one I think they scored four goals, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. But even in some of the ones where they were scoring goals – I'm telling you, from the first, from the jump, no, I, I don't remember many games this year where I was saying from the get-go, the first five or six shifts, well, they're they're ready to go here. Yeah. It's almost every time, we need that spark. Where's that spark there, coming there, from? A lot of times it was hard. There was that stretch recently, and this is a couple of weeks ago. If you look, there were four... I think four in a row where they scored two goals yeah, in first yeah, three, right, four straight right. games. And, man, does that make it easier, it doesn't it? Because you're not chasing games. For sure. One thing that's missing is the physicality part of it. That usually or used to be able to set the tone for a hockey that's game. That's true. Especially on the forecheck where all of a sudden you go, oh, look at these guys. Is They're coming after Is that just the game us. or is that this team? I think it's the game. I think that's the game. I think that the, at every level, uh, I was talking to one of the referees last night, and he said that it's in the Eastern Coast Hockey League. It's in yeah. the American Hockey League where the, the hitting is a lot less what it was. And as a result, you got to have a different type of enthusiasm now, to, I guess, to begin the hockey game. And I guess it's just going to have to be, well, maybe we'll outskate or we'll f- yeah. skate faster or we'll get them a little bit faster in their own zone because hitting's not – that element anymore. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's league-wide, Coatsy. I watch Washington almost every game. Wilson sparks them with a hit. Oh, I please. I watch Calgary. See, that's, a, that's a different item. I yeah, mean, that, I guy's, Calgary, that guy's a real deal. It. Yeah, Kachuk does it. There are guys. There's not yeah. enough of them. I okay. give you that, and we need more. And I think that hopefully in the league we're going to get more uh, of those kind of players. I think that it, hopefully it's cyclical. And we'll get more of those because we're seeing some young guys, both of the Kachucks obviously come up with that pedigree. Uh, Furlan's got a little bit of that. So, so we're getting some of those players. But, I, I mean, uh, I do think that, uh, in, in uh, as you say, general, yes, but there's still those players. And how, how valuable is Wilson now? Everyone talks about him. So it used to be every team had two or three Wilsons, right? Yeah. So now you maybe have one on – a couple of teams, so you, you got to get more of those. So he's not the Tom Wilson type player, but could Ryan Hartman bring some of that? 
I thought he, you know, the first game he did, right? And I was looking for more of that. I don't know, but he hasn't been quite as physical in the recent games. Yeah, sporadically. Sporadically yeah. he has. I, I mean, that's, that's the kind of player that he needs to be, to be effective and, and stay, you know, get, get the minutes in the lineup. Um, I mean, they, you know, there there are guys there are guys that do that. Sometimes it also tends that over the course of a career, you know, I'm thinking like Jamie Ben used to every game besides, you know, maybe scoring a goal or two, he, he would initiate things physically. And, you know, I watch a lot of Dallas. Ben does that less and less and less now to himself. I, I do think it is largely a league-wide thing. But, I mean, you do, you know, it, it is a helpful element if, if you have it. But so much of it is a, a puck possession, a speed game, too. Bundy in a dressing room, that kind of thing is valued. And it's also contagious to have a guy co- go out like that, right? Yeah, but no, no question about it. Especially, you know, I, I, I don't want to liken uh, Ryan Hartman to Wilson. Uh, he can play that kind of game. It is a huge size difference. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's funny. When you think of Tom Wilson, think of one of the toughest guys that was back in the 80s or 90s and add the skill element, and he's playing in this league today, he's a wrecking ball. Yeah. Like, he really is. And he's also gets – he's already in your head before the game starts because you're thinking about every time he's on the ice. That gives Washington a huge thing. And, yes, but when you get somebody like – but going back to Hartman, you can have a guy like that that can absolutely fire up your whole bench. The first game he played here was so unbelievable. Yeah, first shift, right? Yeah, well, it was Very his first shift. shift. Right, but you can't play like that every yeah. night. It's almost impossible 82 games to be that right. effective. Uh, but that that along those lines, though, Timmy, to your point, yes, there, there's got to be some kind of a contagion where everybody buys into that and at least put some sort of physicality or onus on physicality because it does motivate your bench and it does provide energy when you, some nights you don't have it. Well, as disappointing as the last four games, three of the last four games have been, there obviously have been some bright spots. How about James Van Riemsdyk? He has suddenly become the goal scorer that they hoped they were getting when they signed him. He's absolutely unbelievable in around the net. I mean, I've never seen, I don't, I, quite frankly, I've never seen anybody with a touch, especially from a guy that's, well, maybe at point at your career. <laughs> maybe, Bundy, I thought you had Tipping that same touch. Getting pucks it. out of the zone. <laughs> <laughs> same kind of touch. But, I mean, his hand-eye coordination, the things he does by just, and, and there's not a lot of energy involved. I mean, I, when you look back at the number of goals that he has and how many were, uh, like, redirections or uh, so. just touch it, it just with limited amount of energy. It takes energy to get to the spots where yeah, he can but, do that. But still, it's it's effortless when he does it, and it's been a huge plus for this hockey team. I mean, he's the, the second-leading scorer goal-wise since January 9th in the, in the National and Hockey he, League. It's unbelievable. And he, he credits Joey Mullen, who in his first stint here, worked with him on the deflection. He's so good at deflecting pucks. I mean, um, maybe as, as good as anybody the Flyers have had since I'm trying to even think. Uh was Simmer ever that good, Jimmy? I, I mean, Simmer's good at it, but I think JVR is a tad better. Simmer was a different net front presence, I yeah. thought. Yeah. The other thing that JVR is really good at is at the side of the net. Last night, I actually hit one off the outside of the post, yeah. but I've seen him score quite a few. It wasn't from, far, from yeah. Side. How yeah. many it's times have we seen yeah. him spin from below the goal line and yeah. get a shot short yeah. side yeah. that uh, a few I've guys never seen in the anybody try do. to do that, what yeah. he did last night. Yeah. Did you have to wait for Price to come off the post and then flip it over his shoulder on the near side? I didn't realize how close that actually was. That was a hell of a play. That he made, yeah, it was a really. I thought I'm thinking at first when I saw it. Then you saw the replay, yeah. and he really and was the bar here. over. It would have I been thought he ran it off the side of the net, but you hear the ping, so I'm thinking, well, maybe it barely got the outside of the post. That wasn't that far from going in. 
I mean, he's very creative around there. And, you know, if JVR is able to just be okay at the rest of the, the, the game, because as you say, sometimes, you know, in his own zone and all that, that stuff he's working on. But uh, you get into the offensive zone, he is a top player. And when you have a guy like that, you're willing to give, you know, give him some leeway in terms of weaknesses in we, other areas we've of the ice. We've talked about it before, but I think Scott Gordon, this is a guy that uh, is an example of Scott Gordon helping. Obviously, they've got some history. It happened with Konechny the other night. Coach, we love Travis Konechny. Oh, well, it's, absolutely. It's not just him. I mean, every player somewhere along the line needs a reset. I, uh, I'm i a believer it should happen more as far as the accountability. I mean, if you're out there, especially if you're a veteran, and all of a sudden you make that mistake, what are you going to tell the younger player? You're going to sit down the younger player for the same mistake to the veteran? I mean, it's a very, very slippery slope as far as the way you want to run your bench. But, boy, I'll tell you what, some of the mistakes you see sometimes watching a hockey game or in a collection of games, and you go, why is that guy keep going out there at that time of the game? And, and I'm a true believer that you got to sit him down at times. It's the only way to be able to get to a player in this world today. Yeah, and I think the one thing that's most valuable when you have, uh, you know, as a coach, the one thing you have is the ability to take away a player's ice time. And I think Travis, you know, as, as many good things as he does out there, and, and you guys know it, you see him nightly, uh, I think there, there comes a point, though, where he has got to stop making bad puck decisions, especially entering the offensive zone. That will make a coach crazy, and that's when you can lose trust in a guy. He does a ton of great stuff offensively. He's got a ton of heart, but there comes a point, though, where you've got to start doing better things with the puck, managing the puck, and realizing that you're not going to win every single shift. You can tie a shift right. and live to fight another day and come back and try that, but that there's a lot of guys like that. It's not just one guy. And that's one thing that has to be improved upon moving forward, especially with the young guys. I just like to see him be more north-south when you're talking about going into the other and more more shots. He's got a great shot. A lot of times he seems to want to think pass first, but having said that, he has got so much skill. He is a guy who could just explode at any time if it all comes together, too. So I don't think anybody's thinking about giving up on Travis Konecki. I mean, he is a really talented. I will say Scott Gordon has shown me that he does do that. Uh, he rewards people like JVR will be having a good game. He'll be out there with the uh, with the six on five or five on six, if you will. Uh, he does, I think, adjust as games go on to guys who he feels are having good games and and increases their ice time or the other way. Not as much the other way, but but a little bit as you said the, the other night with connecting. When he goes the other way, he does it quietly. Yeah, he's not right? trying to make it you know embarrass the player. I'll yeah, give you that. Um, and and I think Bundy players appreciate that, right? Big time. Anytime you get a player, a coach. You can live with, uh, you know, getting uh, getting benched, especially when you've done the wrong thing. You look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, that coach was right. Uh, but the one good thing is that when that happens, to be able to be respected by the coach, uh, you know, and uh, and I think that goes a long way. That's a big part of today's game is the individual catering from the coaches. Before, I mean, you know, I mean, you've been through Jimmy yes. Timmy for years where, you know, I got called to Bob Clark's office, and it usually wasn't about telling you how absolutely wonderful <laughs> you've been. I can assure I you we've that. we've all been there, actually. Yeah, that wasn't for the Boy Scouts uh, Boy Scouts convention. But, you know, I say that because now that there, there, there is a part of that. So you have to be able to – to tell guys now, hey, listen, you've got to do something the, the right way. Um, and, and if you're not, you're not going to play. But also, when you do play, I'm going to reward you for it. And uh, there's there's so many cycles like that, guys, right, during the year. You know, I mean, nobody's going to be just perfect all the time. You're going to hit uh, peaks and valleys, and especially for younger guys. That's how you have to make them accountable. So we said we're probably going to do another one once the season's over and the Flyers are officially out of it. So we'll save some of the postmortem. But. Going into the last nine games, I'm starting to think of team MVP. And right now, for me, it's hard not to think Sean Couturier is that for this club. 
tough, tough call as far as the whole year. Giroud's been better the whole year. Kature has been the best player certainly over the last 40 games. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, think, I think after the first 11 games. Yeah, first yeah, well, 11, first games. 11 games count. Well, true, yeah. true. But John, yeah, but it wasn't, time, it wasn't we like – it a wasn't like a problem. first half he was no. poor. I think just and, and, because of the things he does defensively as yeah. well, uh, yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, and listen, I mean, when, when G was moved back to center, he, he hit a bit of a wall too. Yeah. And he, you know, and it's not, you know, it's not just, not just about points. Close but, to, you, you guys but, have to flash back to the first part of the season. We were panicking the way he was playing. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, and, and, and it was injury yeah. related. We now yeah. know. And I right. mean, he has been the best player in the team certainly over the last 40 games. But it's the full season. I mean, that, it's. Uh, the last nine, what happens if he fades again? I mean, it, it's that. Then it's twenty games. Right, right? It's, sure. It's weird. Sure. I mean, it's pretty close. It was a runaway at the midpoint of the season. Numbers right? are speak them for themselves. I think G's only got six more points at this point. So, yeah. Um, and is going to lead this team in goals. Are you looking at me like I have to tell you what I think at this time after this argument? <laughs> Come on. No, 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 I'm just joking. I, I, I may no, 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 no I'm being. It was a humorous thing. Not, I, I may saying. very well vote for Katuri. I'm just no. saying I don't think it's a hand. I don't think it's a slam. I, I agree. Threat. I agree. But I, I think that I would vote right now for Sean Katuri. Um, hold on, I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> <Give me that. laughs> but in looking at the season, I just think that Sean Katuri, outside of that first part of the year, because he's coming off the, the knee problems and all right. that. I mean, he continued on, on where he was last year, and, and Giroux brings it all the time. Please don't get me wrong, sure. but I think Couturier has just been a little bit more important this year. And Giroux, to his credit, now he's playing right wing. I mean, this guy, you can use him anywhere, and, and I, I know that doesn't Couturier matter. How goals are off of great setups by 28 on the power play or otherwise? Uh, I don't yeah. think that takes anything away from Coots. It doesn't, it doesn't, but, I mean, G has something to do with Coots' success just as much. as you, It goes the other way, too. You know what, guys? Honestly, guys, if you put both their names in a hat and pulled one, I'd be fine yeah. with either sure. one. As I agree. MVP. I agree. You can make a case for, for, sure. for, for either one. But Coots is definitely a great second. Listen, the whole team, to be honest with you, well, you can't start your season January 15th and expect one miracle after another to happen. First three months of this year, let's face it, it was dismal. Yeah. It, w- it, was, it was not the way anybody planned it to happen. And I, I think the positive is we've seen a lot of good down the stretch. And that's, for me, that's an important building block. The easy thing is just make it a tie. We've never had a tie <laughs> in the history of the Have Bob Clark Award. No. Never been Cohen? No. I don't know. Mm-mm. There's not enough room on the plaque, though, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we- while that one's tough, you got two, right? The defenseman, yeah. The defenseman's going to be really hard. (laughs) Well, it goes back to your theory, though, with Giroux. Has he been good all year long, right? You make the case. For me, that's an easy one because Gudis has been steady all year. Yeah, Yeah, and and then it comes down to the question, you know, is it the most consistent guy or is it your best defenseman, right? right? Your best defenseman is still Provorov, but, yeah, I mean, Gudis hasn't had the ups and downs. And there's another name that not this year but in years to come might put himself in that conversation because Travis Sanheim, I think, if he plays the way he has the last what couple of months could could be in that conversation next year or oh, years yeah. to follow. Phil Myers might be in that discussion yeah. too. I really yeah. haven't seen from him, but Travis, you know, it's that consistency element. Once he gets that consistency, uh, I, he's got everything that you need. I mean, uh, I, yeah, it's really the defense. You look at the defense, the the youth back there. Uh, I do think maybe one of the things they'll look for next year is a veteran to stabilize back there. A guy who can play both ends really well. I mean, they're not easy to find and not easy to get, even more difficult to get, but that might help. But there's so much youth and, and impressive players back there. And then, then, then I think, too, that if you get that veteran, maybe, you know, 
I mean, ideally a, a guy who can play with with Provorov. Then then you can seed your pairings in a, in a you know, in a more ideal kind of way yeah. too. And then you know it takes pressure off of guys like you know like like up front. Uh, I think when they were able to use Patrick on the third line, even though G was suffering a little bit at center, that's really when Patrick started taking off because he was in better matchups and he thrived in those matchups. So you know you got you got to look at how all the pieces fit together. I think it's interesting. My, my, my pick would be Radko Gudis right now, and it's kind of interesting because usually when you look at best defenseman, the Norris Trophy, the National Hockey, you look at the, the, the Ashbury here in Philadelphia, it seems like it's always the best offensive defenseman. And for Gudis, for me, he leads the, the team in plus-minus right now. And on, on top of that, uh, he's number one in defense hit, hitting in the National Hockey League. He's been consistent. That's been the key for this guy. He yeah, has been consistent. Leading the team in plus minus. Just What's that? I believe Claude Giroux leads. No, the no, Giroux does. I'm sorry. He's still defense. trying to make at the defense. other case. I'm going back to the at other defense. Case. It's a reason we have to always make a mistake. Yeah, no, Thank no, you no, very no. much. I'm talking about the other. I'm getting another point on the other argument. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm done now. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I think if you go by consistency, Gudis is your guy. But as Bill said, you know, if Provorov said his best, and he has been in some games in the second half, he's – that at a different level than Radko Gudis, but uh, so I'm still grappling with that one too. You guys have all—it's definitely Radko. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. more on the fence now because yeah. Provi's come on, yeah. so I think it, you could go either way. I'm I'm locked in. You locked in the Goody? consistency, yeah. 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 Well, in the way of kind of wrapping this up, nine games left. Um, whether they can make a miraculous comeback now and get in or not, I honestly don't expect this team to kind of fold the tents and just stop playing. Uh, does anybody disagree with that? No, I don't think there's any reason why they would. I mean, they have some really big games. Uh, you get a couple against Carolina, another Capitals game. You got Dallas and St. Louis. as we have a real nasty little two-game trip to yeah, Toronto's got to come here. Toronto again. So, yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot to play for. In Johnny terms Boychuk of, and the Islanders, although Boychuk might have to play. Yeah, uh, that's right, Jimmy. You guys have been promoing that very well, by the way. It's a 1 o'clock Saturday on NBC Sports. <laughs> if you, I, I actually heard he might be a, he's been a healthy scratch. Really? That's what one reporter said on a show the other day that, that uh, Hickey came in and played so well that he couldn't get back. And now well, they, they lost 5 nothing so last night, so we'll see if something back. changes. Yeah. I mean, if he's not playing, it'll be kind of disappointing because he's he's set it up. Now he's... But there's but but anyway the point point taken is that there's a lot of really yeah, good games absolutely. and so you got to compete right through them and you know what and other teams that are if they're still around they're going to be expecting you to do that for them so I I, I don't think there's going to be any lapse in, in nine games I expect an honest effort every night well I, I think what we want to see here down the stretch right is the young players to finish the year on an up note I know there's there's some people out there who feel they've plateaued uh, or uh, you know that I, I just don't want to see that. Uh, you got nine games. You want to still see some progression from those guys. You want to see them fade to the end and everyone say, wow, they ran out of gas. So uh, you, you want to see that. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's something to play for. And I don't think any of the players in that room are saying, hey, we're out of it. Right. I mean, it's not. It's just not in your makeup to say that. So with our latest broadcasters roundtable, Tim Saunders for Chris Terrian, Steve Coates, Jim Jackson, Bill Meltzer, Coots for MVP. Brad Coford D. I have no problem with that. <laughs> The preceding program is an original production of Flyers Radio 24-7. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersradio247.com.